Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Bud Rakeski is an artist from Queensland, a singer and songwriter from Queensland, who recently released an album, his first, Outsider. It's wonderful. I'm looking forward to talking to him about it. Hi, Bud. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And I've been listening to this album so much because I want to, not because I have to. <laughs> and it's um, it's an epic in so many ways. It's The songs are long, but they don't feel it. They just feel like these really great short stories. But I'm going to get to that quality of your songwriting. I wanted to start, though, with the name of the album, Outsider, mm-hmm. because it's not the title of one of the songs on the album. So I'm wondering how you came to choose it. Well, it's the overarching theme, which was you know, highlighted while talking to someone about, you know, the themes of each song and the word outsider just kept coming up. And uh, I think they asked what the title of the album was going to be and it wasn't decided at that point. And in the back of my head, I said, well, probably just going to call it outsider now, seeing as I've said it that many times and it fits perfectly. I'm really happy with it. Do you see the, because some of the songs are not about you, um, they're stories about other people. So do you feel that that you've chosen to tell stories about people who are outsiders as well as feel like feeling like an outsider yourself? I think maybe I'm drawn to the stories of outsiders because I see a lot of myself in them. And mm-hmm. so they may seem like those songs are about other people, but there's a lot of me sort of interwoven into those songs. And usually I use characters to help me deal with um, stuff that I've gone through or experiences that I've had and whatnot. So, um, yeah, they're all very personal, even though they may seem, I don't know, very created. But, um, yeah, yeah right. it's definitely tapped into something too created. Yeah, interesting. Um, now, the album was produced by Matt Corby and Alex Henriksen for their label Rainbow Valley Records. You have a long history with Alex from what I understand. That's correct, yes. Uh, gr- I grew up in Imbal and uh, he moved to Imbal for a little while uh, when we were teenagers and uh, we met on the bus playing guitars and um, yeah we just he was the only person I knew who had a very similar musical taste and uh, passion for music I would say as well and so we heavily connected on that instantly um, and then he moved away and this was before social media so no idea I had his number but it never went anywhere sort of and then it was a couple of years later um I think MySpace was around and he found me on MySpace and then we just were inseparable from then on sort of thing. So so what musical taste did you have at that age? Everything. Um, I remember one sort of distinct visual memory that I have is standing on the main street and Alex saying, he's like, have you heard of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young? I said, no, nah, I've never heard of them actually. I knew Neil Young, but I'd never heard of the others. And he said, oh, mum used to put it on when I was a kid to help me fall asleep, I think you'd really like it. Right. And then I, I think that was maybe one of the last times I saw him for that period. Right. And I don't even think, I mean, I had no access to anything being out there. There was no internet at my mm. place on the farm. So um, I think it was a long while before I actually got to hear them as well. But yeah, that's definitely a rock solid memory in my head of him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously my space isn't around anymore or if it is, no one knows about it. So it's, it's. Oh, I use it in- daily. It's. um. <laughs> After News Corporation bought it, no one used it. Really. But um, it's, but yeah, it's great that that moment in time when MySpace exists brought you together. But how wild is it that he's now 
your co-label head. That just seems like this beautiful piece of synergy. Well, I mean, I've been there for all of the stages and all of the build-up and everything, um, so it wasn't a surprise to me at all. And all the conversations we've had throughout history, um, he was always going to do very incredible things, and this is just the start. You know, there's a lot more coming, I'd say. Right. Okay, so it sounds like once you reconnected on MySpace, that connection stage, you remained in close contact. 100%, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Now you're supporting Matt Corby, the other label head, on his Capital City shows in May. I'm wondering if it makes it more or less nerve-wracking to play a support slot for your producer slash label head. Luckily, I know him pretty well and he's a very, very cool guy, very nice guy, you know, and we've had a lot of... um, yeah interactions with each other and played a few things together as well in the past so uh it's just a bunch of friends I think you know and Great Gable I've never met Great Gable they're the other support Mm. um and yeah that'll be I already know that because they're a part of the RVR family they have a vibe that must gel you know Alex and Matt pick people for the love of people and the love of um, their passion for music I'd say as well and so I just know we're going to connect fine it's going to be amazing <laughs> a really and good they, tour yeah and they're capital city shows that I I was looking I think the, there are two Sydney shows and the first is sold out so you know you're playing to a packed crowd that night correct yes this will be a, a very big learning experience but also I mean none of these things that have happened have blown past me you know I've been dreaming of these sorts of things every little thing I've sort of dreamt of um and so every time it pops up say the album a tour or playing different size rooms and whatnot um every time one thing happens it's a very big deal to me and yeah I'm just uh I think I'm mentally prepared I've been mentally prepared for a long time (laughs) so yeah so you talk about dreaming of it how long has this has this been in the works for you because it is your first album but it's such a sophisticated first album that it's clearly not the work of a neophyte so when did you start working as when did you start thinking that music was a path for you I guess uh uh, that was a very late thing um that wasn't until RVR was started um but writing songs and just having a deep love for songwriting and structures and um how people can get feeling across has been yeah, from a very, very early age. Um, and so I think you could almost call it a uh, sort of a self-apprenticeship or something that I've put myself through from an early age, observing and deep diving into so much stuff. And so that's the stuff that's been a long time coming to get to this point. And then trialling it in my own songwriting and then building these songs up and, um, yeah, having a collection that was ready just in time and some of them were written just before um yeah rvr happened and then it was actually possible for me to do this so when did you write your very first song Ooh, i would have been basically as soon as i learned a few chords on the guitar which would have been about 13 or 14 right and uh yeah i think i learned um time of your life by green day my dad showed me that one on guitar and i didn't have many other ways to learn other songs um i hadn't picked up the ear thing yet um and so I just took those chords and just started writing my own songs with them yeah now you mentioned structures um which is interesting because structure is so fundamental to how any story is told whether it's in a song or novel or whatever it is so that suggests that you've you've studied songs and songwriting like as a listener you you've really been attuned to how songs are structured I think because that's 
the thing that's moved me most in life. You know, songs have definitely, it's almost a, a born with it thing. You know, that passion that you have, say my brother from about 10, he wanted to be a helicopter pilot and never stopped. And he had many setbacks, but he became a helicopter pilot and he still is. Um, and he's never stopped. And that was just in him. You know, I definitely didn't have that at all in me, <laughs> but music happened to be my thing. And I just, uh, I guess I couldn't not listen to it. It was very, right. yeah, at the forefront all the time. Were your parents musical and or did they play a lot of music in the house? Yes, to both. Uh, I think mum and dad maybe met or they met at school, but um, they would go to friends' houses and they would have sort of folk jam nights, I think. Um but it wasn't anything too serious. It was just friends and whatnot hanging out. Um, and then they did play a lot of music, but just it wasn't forced upon us. Like it wasn't on 24-7. It was just on in the background. But then they had their collections of music, which I was drawn to, and then I would access all the time. I would just listen to music all the time. Right. And who were their favourite artists? It, so varied. Yeah, right. incredibly varied. Um, yeah, I could just spit a few names out, but it wouldn't cover any of it, you know. Yeah, right. So they're eclectic. So that, that suggests that you, because you grew up in that household, you had a broad musical education just from them alone. Definitely. I remember sitting, probably I must have been about, uh, oh, I'd say maybe nine, and mum had an album of Franciscan monks and I would sit there for like a whole Saturday just listening to these monks just being blown away by what they were coming out with. And then my uncle would buy me a, double CD thing of 50s rock and roll and then I'd spend weekends just listening to that and then get the chopsticks out and pretend to play drums along with it (laughs) yeah so heaps of different things and just so much well you listening to the monks actually tells me a bit about the tone you you can get in your voice sometimes when I'm listening to it's like this almost like a layered tone which which sounds like not necessarily just one person singing at times so there you go maybe it's seeped into that possibly yeah that's, yeah that's amazing and i've never heard that before well i just there was a point where i just thought oh that's a really interesting sound so i'm gonna say it's the monks i'm sure i'm right about that <laughs> um out, the outsider is in some ways a literary album um in that you have a strong sense of story within each song and each song is a complete story um so that means it's self-contained and that also makes me wonder if you like to read that's an interesting one actually i don't think i read until we were forced to read Harry Potter in year eight, I think. And I read the first one and then I maybe read the second one. And after that, uh, I don't think I read again until I must've been about 22, maybe I want to say, or 24. And um, we were just in a bookshop and I found On the Road by Jack Kerouac. And I read that and I thought, wait a minute, there's books out there about stuff I'm interested in. I just never thought it. I only was aware of, you know, whatever big fads were happening and fantasy and all that stuff, which I'm not a huge, I'm not into. Um, Mm. Yeah. And so, but then it's been hard to keep finding books like that. I did go through a period where I just read everything and you can get a lot from anything, but um, I'd say the, I just don't have enough time to read. You know, you can't read while you're driving, so it's, you know. <laughs> and, yes, your job does involve driving. And, I'm, um, in fact, I'll ask you a question about that because you drive trucks for a living and I read that for a year or so you couldn't play music from your phone in a truck, so you made up stories based on some of your experiences <laughs> to pass the time. The song Louis on the album, in fact, the second last track, is one of the songs that resulted from it. But I'm wondering how useful that particular year was overall for your songwriting. 
Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, everything is useful to get to where you are, I suppose, you know, like there's no changing anything, but um, it was fun. Yeah, and at times I wish I would do it more often. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually still have a lot of those voice memos, uh, mostly just Louis. I think all the other ones are all gone, but the Louis voice memo that I came up with, which was the story, and then I took it home and wrote the song based on the story, I still have that one um, at least. But, yeah, no, it was, hmm, I think it maybe that was the time when I started seeing whole stories and then breaking them down into songs and then using, um, yeah, realising that I could transfer a lot of my own things into the songs. So in terms of seeing that whole story and then breaking it down into a song, is that an editing process for you? Like you you conceive of that entire story and then think either I'm going to pair it back to the song or I'm just going to take a part of that story and write a song about it. I think it comes down to if I was to try and tell the story but you only have a short amount of time, what things are key and what, uh, I guess, phrases can say a lot more than what's actually written you know so that's where I fell in love with lines that say a thousand things in the one line uh, yeah. and then then you find other songwriters who do that really well and it just constantly blows my mind and I'm always chasing that that's that thing that I'm constantly chasing and you have to write a thousand things before you get that one incredible line sort of thing you know and when you're writing your songs therefore do you tend to work a line until you're satisfied with it or are there some songs that just appear almost fully formed and those lines are the ones you're most confident in hmm. I, yeah that's a I don't know about the confident thing I'm not really sure if I am confident or not there are definitely ones that uh that pop out and you think probably the ones that just happen mm-hmm. and then you look back on that and you think what part of my subconscious did that come from you know right. And it blows you away. I love those ones, especially because it doesn't seem like you wrote it, but it came from your head. Um, so you get to almost listen to it as if someone else was listening to the song. You get to experience it. Um, but the ones that you work on, obviously what you're left with is something that you're really proud of and, and happy with. So they both have their merits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, some of the songs on Outsider are heartbreakers, like My Baby and I, which is which is a bittersweet heartbreak in some ways because it's it's going in one direction and then it's still heartbreaking, but it, it has a, a positive ending, I think. Um, but there's a balance of experiences and emotions on the album. And I'm wondering if you consciously set out to have a balance or it was just, just the way the songs organise themselves. Possibly the way the songs organise themselves. I think um, the way that all the times that I write, you can be in different, you know, moods I guess um or phases and so the collection I guess is balanced mm-hmm. based on um you know all the different things that you come up with so from what we had to choose from um we didn't really set out necessarily to pick the songs that would balance it out it was more just um what felt right I guess yeah um now there are some themes that emerge as you said earlier um even though some of the songs aren't about you there are elements of you in all of them. And one thing that really interested me is one that I don't hear a lot in songs anymore. I think it's something that songs a few decades ago had, and that's of a man taking responsibility for his family, for his wife and his children. And that comes through in more than one song. Um, I'm guessing that's important in your life, and that's why it's it recurs on the album. Totally. Uh, it's, it's my priority above music, you know, and it was and it always has been, and that's maybe why music has had a back foot, mm-hmm. back seat 
until recently, you know, it's um, we had babies and you can't just go and travel and whatnot. And so, but now they're all growing up, they're all getting a bit older. So it's, um, it's a bit more okay to do that sort of thing. They're okay. Um, but definitely the, those songs, those types of songs is probably what got me into country music initially was listening to those songs. And a lot of it is country music. And you think, well, that's my life, you know, and those are the things that I value. And and that's, yeah. And it's, and with the storyteller part as well, I suppose a lot of them are quite, um, I believe all songs are stories. They all are, but some are a little less shrouded in metaphors and mumbling and country music is a bit more clearer so I think that's what I love about country music yeah I, I, country music singers as a whole tend to be more articulate than singers in other genres I think. but I have to say as a listener on that theme it was really lovely and refreshing to hear it because we there are quite a lot of songs about men behaving badly and looking at women as objects and that sort of thing I thought wow responsibility and yeah it was it was great so it's just not me that other stuff's just not me you know like uh I remember when I must have been our my first daughter was born and I was working in a storeroom I think um and there was another bloke in there and he was a party animal and he would play Nova all the time and the songs that would come on and I just had my daughter I'm listening to these songs going no this is no good you can't like it was never me anyway but um yeah it just became a bit more Oh, this is what I have to protect them from. <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. Um, now, one song that is clearly about someone else, or it seems to be, is the song J.B. Morney, which is about a, a radio writer um, of the same name and contains the line, we are all born for the ride. And the ride, and the line is attributed, um, well, written for Morney. But I'm wondering if you believe that too. Um, and if so, what constitutes the ride for you? Life, life is the ride, you know, it's got ups and downs and, and that's where the whole chorus comes from is, um, is sort of seeing it as you just shot out of the gate, you know, and then you have to hold on and it just keeps happening around you. And it's so big and life is so big and powerful. You really have not that much control over it. You have to adapt with that and bull riders can't control the bull, which similar to the ocean with surfers, you know, they respect it bull riders absolutely respect the bulls um and i have a huge respect for life and so i just was tying those things all together and you you hope to come off okay (laughs) well actually uh years ago uh wrote a book about bull riders um for the pbr for pbr australia and interviewed a lot of bull riders and yeah they have so much respect for the bull and out of every sport I, I've ever had anything to do with, they seem to be the ones who were the best at being zen because those eight seconds or the fewer than eight was what they were usually dealing with, they somehow worked out to make time expand oh, so yeah. that they could get a lot into that. It was fascinating, actually. Similar to, you know, big wave riding, it's only a couple of seconds that they'll be amongst it. Um, yeah, and so... Yeah. Same with life. It's so short, you know. (laughs) It seems like a long time. We drag it out and you can drag it out and you can get the most out of it, but it is very short. But as a live performer too, I guess there's an element of time expanding and contracting in the performance because you have to be so present when you're performing. So do you find that you get into that flow state usually when you're performing? Yeah, I come in and out of it. Um, Sometimes it can flash very quickly and other times it can you know, I can be too aware of what's going on. and But luckily I know these songs so well that if I'm taken out of it, if I am find myself thinking about other things and 
curiosity, you know, takes over, then um, I can kind of play on autopilot for a little bit until mm. it kicks back in. And then, you know, I sort of, um, I guess, not remember, but um, I can't think of what I'm trying to say, but essentially. It's like muscle. I remember Amber Lawrence once saying to me, it's muscle memory. Like she can, she said she could once do the grocery list in her head while she's on stage and then, yeah, I can click back into it. Yeah. Something like that. But I definitely pop back into it and say to myself, I want to be back in the place of the song so that it comes, all of the feeling comes out in the performance as well. Yeah, right. So now that you've documented these songs on Outsider, I'm guessing there are more songs that you've written. Are you yes. thinking ahead or are you just thinking I'm going to I'm going to tour this one, I'm going to stay with it for a while, see where these stories take me and then look at the next thing? It's a tug of war between both for sure. I, I have very little experience within the industry, so I'm curious as to what will happen next with the touring and the, you know, whatever happens. Um, but at the same time, I can't not keep thinking of more songs. And sometimes you need to get rid of the new songs before you can get even more songs. So, uh, and then it depends on what RBR has to do with it as well. You know, they have um, their own team and thoughts and all of that sort of stuff as well. And so uh, I'm just here for all of it. You're here for the ride. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, for the moment, we have the wonderful songs on Outsider and it is a real treasure of an album. So thank you, Bud, for creating it. It was lovely to talk to you and I look forward to whatever's down the road for you. Whatever happens. There is something happening down the road, that's for sure. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Seth. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.